News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and happy Boxing Day. <laughs> this is Rick Van Davendijk and Jill Van Davendijk. We're in studio today and we'd like you to actually give us a call. This is not a recorded show. We're actually doing this live today, Jill. And uh, give us a call at one 332 8255 So, yeah, grab your cup of hot chocolate or a cup of coffee or tea or and uh curl up because it's uh with the like the like they just said in the, in the news uh, it's like the windshield values around the province are in the minus 30s of windshield so uh yeah so now's a good if time if you're not out and about <laughs> getting those christmas gifts yeah. that you never got under your christmas tree yeah. for shopping today boxing day Grab your cup of coffee yeah. and let's talk gardening. Or if you're driving around, just be careful out there. Um, uh, I was coming into town and there's a lot of swirling snow out there on the highways. So uh, just be careful as you're driving around as well. But give us a call. We'd like to hear from you. one 332 8255 And we can hear about your Christmas stories. Maybe that Christmas gift that you got, uh, you could describe that that special Christmas gift that you got that you're excited to to use next spring and so you could give us a call about that and remember you don't just have to call and you can text yep. us as well so text us what you got for Christmas we want to hear these great gardening gifts that you got under the Christmas tree yeah that's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five that's either text or call uh, either one is good so um, Jill um, one thing that had a story that I had got a call from my my sister Adriana and she's probably listening right now but anyways, she, hi auntie. Hi auntie. Hi, hi my sister Adriana. Uh, so anyway, she um, um, she gave me a call because she had no heat in the house, and it was getting kind of cold. It was getting down below ten degrees inside of her house, Ooh, and no. I said, it said so. Just take a look around your house and see what's going on. And it says go look by your your pipes where your exhaust comes out for from your from your from your furnace. Okay. So she went outside and it was just covered up in a big ice ball with this cold weather. Uh, big ice ball around it, so I got her to very carefully knock that ice ball off, and sure enough, her furnace started up again. So the humidity was just so building just, up. Just the just all the ice and from all the steam coming out from the pipes, and just the humidity, and to just cause a big ice ball. And once you get that ice ball uh, plugged up, it just it's your furnace is set up so that it has a a limit switch on it. If there's no pressure to be able to push out, it doesn't turn your furnace on, so it doesn't get, let the the exhaust gases build up inside the house, right? So now, when somebody is planting their yard and maybe they're putting vines against their house or some trees or shrubs, should they be watching for those things? Yeah, as watch well? for that because if the exhaust goes out, you're going to have a spot where off the end of the pipe, but also gather on the branches, right, okay. of the tree, and then make a bigger ice ball. Easier to make an ice ball right around that area as well. So make sure you trim all those branches away if you have some there for the winter time they'll grow back in the summertime again and um and so yeah so just make sure you check that and be careful so keep our houses cozy warm. keep your house cozy warm <laughs> yes and make sure when you're traveling around um uh, be careful and make sure that you, you know there again teenagers were over for christmas and uh they come out of the car with no jacket on you know like hang on really <laughs> it's cold out. It's cold, so. and our plants need jackets too at this time yeah. of year. So make sure if you're moving your plants from house to house, or bringing yeah. a gift over, or grabbing something from the garden center, that you make sure that it has that jacket on it. Um, when it's this cold, we suggest paper and then a layer of air, and put plastic around it as well yeah. too. So that's really important. Or else, if you have a big Rubbermaid bin, be bringing that to the garden centers and a, and a little sheet or a blanket as well too. Um, now. 
when it's cold like this, uh, should I be pruning my plants? Actually, I don't like pruning the plants when it's this cold. Um, uh, just I yeah, it, because what happens a lot of the branches will just snap off, and so when it's this cold, so it's just yeah, you don't want to be out there. Anyways. You're not getting a necessarily a clean cut yeah. right at this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make your your neighbors wonder if you're out there with the pruning shears anyway. So it's just when this is cold out, so it's just just stay inside and think about okay. You can look outside and look at how you can do some pruning, or maybe it's a great time to to think about uh, what's going to happen, you know, next year because uh, you know what uh, now in. Right away in the new year, we're going to be starting up seeding already, starting seeds. Uh, so that's coming up right away. The seed catalogs are all going to end up on our doorsteps here in the next week. Yeah, and that's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about on Garden Talk uh, about seed starting dates and when to start different things. So that's that's definitely exciting. But for the people that really want to get out in, in the in the weather and uh, and get out there and do some, you know, bird watching is still the number one growing uh, activity. In North America. Yeah, in North America. So, so uh, it's being, becoming bigger and bigger. So bird feeding, bird watching, all that kind of stuff. So you still have a chance in, in some places in Saskatchewan and there's lots, lots of little local places where you can, uh, you can, you can do some bird counting and then you can put it onto a, a there's a national websites, uh, in Saskatchewan is the Saskatchewan Nature Society. You go onto their website and you can actually log in and you can actually just in your backyard, if you're in the areas where they're counting, you can actually log in, uh, what bird Birds that you saw in your area, and um, so, but you still have here in Saskatoon. Uh, tomorrow is when they do the bird count in Saskatoon. Oh. So, good time to get out there and be able to check that out. So, December twenty second. Uh, so we're logging onto the Nature Society, Nature Saskatchewan Nature Society, yeah, and, and then, then we can log and sort of help them count the birds count here, the birds. and we can sort of see what birds we're seeing around Saskatchewan, which ones are more um, prevalent, and which ones yeah. maybe we're not seeing as much of. So, that's something that we can all get involved in this. this so, winter. yeah. So, Saskatoon tomorrow, uh, Borden, Radisson, General the 2nd and Pike Lake uh, Whitecap area on January the 3rd and there's like I said there's other areas around Saskatchewan where you can do some and then just log into the sites and you can you can put your numbers for your area as well so um, something you can do in yourself get outside and take a look around and and check out some of your little parks you have around your area or maybe you in Saskatoon here or, or in Regina in the Wascana Lake area you can do a walk around those areas too and do a count and uh, and a lot of them are organized too so you can check on the sites and they're organized where they can actually have people in groups go out and count too so uh, and you're outside it's a little chilly so dress warm <laughs> I was out at the Beaver Creek Conservation Area and um, I haven't been out there for a long time and that is a beautiful hike along the river there. Um, they have some beautiful sites so if you haven't checked out the Beaver Creek Conservation Area, lots of birds, lots of nature and some beautiful sites along the river too. So make sure here you give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We love to hear from you, and uh, and so we can we can do some uh, talking about your Christmas gifts you got for for gardening for this year. We'd love to hear what you got, and also um, for when you're. Um, well, just what you're planning on doing. Now's the time you think about New Year's coming up next. Is what's your New Year's resolution going to be? Ooh, maybe you got a New Year's I, resolution, Jill? I want to put a fire pit in my backyard, and <laughs> I want to build a pergola in my backyard, and I want to do some more raised beds. Um, so I'm thinking about moving some of the raised beds in mine. Um, but staying active, as always, I think active is so good for your mental health, and uh, 
gardening is actually one of the biggest activities um, that we can be doing to stay active. So um, getting out there, a lot of people don't think that gardening is an actual physical activity, but there is so much exercise that somebody can get from gardening at no matter what age you are, bending up and down, picking those weeds, mowing your lawn, um, pruning, um, just trimming your plants, caring for them. So it's a great way to stay active. Um, and, and in, in Europe, yard. in Europe, horticultural therapy is actually a course, yes. right? I have a cousin out there that took the horticultural therapy course and does a lot of horticultural therapy in, in places like seniors, seniors places and schools in, in, out in the incarcerated area in the penitentiaries and that they do horticultural therapy. So there's lots of areas where the horticultural therapy is, is just huge. Um, it's, it's people are, are getting out there and and, uh, and helping people get through different different stages of life and and just with horticultural therapy and getting out into the garden and and uh, and producing a plant or you know getting the yard and and grooming the plants and cutting the grass and just learning how to do different things growing herbs and that indoors and so it's and there's it's huge. something special about being able to nurture something that's living and seeing the progression of something and then being able to use it in turn. So um, just being a part of something living is just, it's just an amazing thing. So we're going to go to break right now, Jill. And so uh, I'd like to get all, give us a call at one 332 8255 And right after the break, we got Nadina from McClown. Uh, we're going to talk about birds right after the break. So you're looking, you're listening to CQM on and 980CJME. And this is Garden Talk. Good morning. Welcome this Boxing Day. Uh, you're listening to Garden Talk with Rick Van Damendijk and Jill Van Damendijk. Uh We're going to go right to the phones right now from Nadine from Macklin. Uh, hello, Nadine. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. You were talking about birds. Do you think you could have a show once in the winter and once in the summer just about birds? Yeah. Because I have... Um, Morning doves. Is it normal to have morning doves in the winter time? Anyway, they're here at my feeder. Yeah, well, there's some birds that will stay around all, all year round as long as there's food and as long as there's open water around. Uh, just like there's some in Saskatoon with the open river, we have a flock of Canada geese that pretty much stay all winter long. So okay. uh, yeah, there's every once in a while you'll see that, and that's why they like doing those bird counts for all the time uh, because there is some birds that are un- unusually stick around, you know. Um, uh, all the time. So it's, uh, I, I remember we had to talk one time. Someone saw, said they saw up around the Gardner Dam because there was some open water there. There was actually an eagle that stayed for the winter oh, time okay. around there. So yeah, you will get different birds that will hang around just because the, the, you know, the conditions are right. But the conditions are right means that there's food and also obviously water that, that's. I don't know where they get water. I think they eat snow like the sparrows do. Yeah. Because the, I have no water for them, but I have lots of food and, so it was kind of nice to see the morning doves, and I've got chickadees and nuthatches and sparrows. That's it yeah. for birds here. Yeah. And then the biggest thing right now, when it's this cold, you got to remember, don't stop feeding them now, because otherwise they will they will be in trouble. So yeah, no, no, I keep the bird feeder full. Yeah, so, so, so I yes. like your show, and I do have a little garden. I'm an old lady, but I love to uh, putter in my little garden in the summertime. So what kind of things do you grow in your garden in the summer? I grow vegetables. I have. Um, I had everything this year. I had the most nicest carrots, potatoes, onions, uh, beans, peas, even some four little heads of cabbage. Didn't get very big. I should have watered them more. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's it was awesome. Fun. Well, that, that's great because I mean that that's to be out in the garden and and to be able to to reap the harvest is 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 amazing. So, oh yes, so I just uh, have to do that. 
I look forward to summer. Winter is something I, I get through because I've got a house full of plants, you know, just house plants, so that helps. Yeah, so, so talking about your bird food, what kind of bird food are you using out there to attract that, that the doves are liking? I don't know. They're eating just sunflower seeds. And the, the other day I put some wheat. I've got wheat from the farm, and I put some wheat out. That's all I've got. Well, the, the wheat would be a good one for the doves, that's for sure. And, yeah, and sunflower and, uh, seeds is a... Yeah. Yeah, the sunflower seeds with that oil in that has the natural oil that has. I mean, yeah. it's a great one to, for them to generate heat for the winter time as well for all the birds. Yes, yeah, so that's what I have right now. <laughs> that's great. Well, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you, and I like your show. Yeah. Bye bye now. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. So yeah, that that's great. I mean, there's lots of people that see like ringneck doves. I mean, who would know, right? Uh, like I know around the acres, there's lots of ringneck doves that hang around all winter in the big spruce trees, and that they nest. But I never seen them in the winter time. So uh, yeah, some different people see different things hanging around. You know, even people have their cedars and spruces in their yard, or or lots of trees that gives them shelter, and then with the food. And I know what's a big thing that that people picked up for gifts uh, is is um, uh, electric bird baths, and so that just kept keeps water open for the birds as well. And uh, so you know, all those kind of things help keep birds. And if you get birds that will stay around your yard, it's amazing how much less insects you'll have in your yard all summer long as well. Because those birds, it's amazing, especially especially if you put little wren houses up, and uh, and even in the wintertime, if you track the chickadees and those kind of things, they go around, you'll see them picking away at all the branches, all the little insects and eggs even on the branches, and so... Uh, Such it, great natural predators. Natural predators. So give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and that's either by calling us or texting us, and we can talk about anything gardening, and uh, or things that you've seen around your yard, or right now, or things that you're going to be doing, or maybe some issues that you've had in your yard that, uh, that you just want to know about so that you can take care of them next spring. So you can either text us or give us a call at one 332 Well, now that Christmas is done, some people had the Christmas trees up probably since uh, the end of November. <laughs> Mine's starting to drop some needles <laughs> now. You're starting to drop the needles. And so now in the next, some people will keep the trees up till, till New Year's and some people even keep the trees up till till Ukrainian Christmas, right? So, But for the people that like to take them down right away, um, there's all around the province, there's places where you can recycle those Christmas trees. So one thing you got to remember about recycling is that when you take them to your the drop-off sites around the province, is that you want when you get there, make sure if you have them in a Christmas tree bag, take the bag off. Usually they have a, a d- disposal spot there. If they don't, take your bags home and uh, and make sure all your, obviously your Christmas decorations are off. And if you put tinsel off, grab the tinsel off the best you can, okay? Because that tinsel doesn't really work well in the recycling part of it. Uh, so... And they use the trees to um, yes. make mulch for the parks. For the parks, yeah. So it's nice so around to the see trees that and we shrubs. enjoy these beautiful trees in our house and then they can, we can enjoy them in the parks yep. later on. And that, that's something you can do even in your own yard if you want to, you know, break them up and, and uh, use the wood for firewood if you want. If you have a little fire pit or otherwise little branches, you can break up and work into your mulch or in your shrub beds and those kind of things. Uh, but in... in in Saskatoon, December 26th is when they open. That's today. And it goes on to January 31st. And so um, the Duke Cooper Society on, Ave- on Avenue I and 17th Street, you can drop them off there. George Ward Pool on 3rd and Grosvenor. Um, uh, the Golf Course at Holiday Park. Uh, Avenue U, you can do it there. Uh, the Lawson Heights Recycling and Primrose Drive in Saskatoon. University Heights, uh, Ludlow, um, you can put them put there. That's right, right over close to... Um, the, the soccer center there. Uh, Wildwood Golf Course, they have a spot there in Regina. 
uh, December 27th, so that's when they start, uh, over at the Fleet Street Landfill. They have a spot there where you can bring all your Christmas trees there. In Moose Jaw, uh, they actually pick up at Moose Jaw. So between January 18th and the 29th, you'll be able to put them out beside your recycling, Ooh. and they actually will pick them up that's a fun right program. from your backyard. Or you can drop them off at the... Um, uh, the, the, the bike park, uh, west of the Yara Center, uh, there in Swift Current, Northside Innovation Center, uh, the, the Uniplex there, you could, there's a big parking lot there, they have a spot where you can put them on there, and the west side, uh, the Waterfill Station, uh, and the east side at the landfill in there, in North Battleford, uh, the North Battleford Park Shop on 8th Avenue, and on the waste and the waste management uh, center as well. So, um, so if you so, forgot some of these locations and you have Google, just take yeah. Google, put your location, your city's location. So Saskatoon, Christmas tree drop off, yeah. and it will come up with some locations. There and for every you. small town and has small has, town, has yes. a recycling spot uh, at their landfill or, or their or their uh, or their transfer stations. Usually they'll have a recycling spot there. In most towns, and so that's a good place you to bring them there. And you know what? In Saskatoon, I was just saw on Facebook yesterday. Um, Arborcrest Tree Service, Robin Adair, here in Saskatoon. Um, he will, you can, you for a donation, and they'll, the money will go to the food bank. And one other one, I can't remember what it was now, but it was the food bank. So they'll they'll make all that money. So for a donation, uh, they'll come and they'll bring their tree chipper and they'll chip it up right 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 in front of your house, and they'll chip it up and put it into, and they'll use that also that uh, that mulch for chipping, uh, putting around shrubs and trees as well. But the money you donate to them will go to the 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 food. Yeah. Oh, a great way to give back. So great way to give back as well. And there's other people that will, there's other fundraisers around all over the place that do pick up uh, right across Saskatchewan and will pick it up for you and take it away for you if you don't want to get your, any needles in your car and those kind of things. So, uh, so there's a great way, just like I said, just take a look, uh, in your, in your local, uh, newspaper, if you have a little town newspaper or, or you may be able to Google up where you can drop these trees off and there's lots of places you can do that. So we are now going to, um, we're going to go to a break right now. We got Paula from Saskatoon. We're going to be talking about alfalfa sprouts, and we're going to catch him right after the break. And we're going to go to a news break right away. Uh, so I want you to join us here at Garden Talk. It's at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You can join us here with Jill and I, and uh, we can talk about all your gardening stuff and what you can think about doing for next year. So you're listening to Garden Talk on six fifty CQM and nine eighty CJME. Oh, good morning. This is a little bit chilly out. This is Boxing Day morning. So if you're out and about driving, listening right now, and you're uh, getting all those Boxing Day specials, maybe spending some of those gift cards you got for Christmas, uh, just be careful out there. It is cold. Dress warm and uh, uh, just... Just yeah, just be careful out there. It's 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 really cold, and so uh, I'd like you to join us here. Call us at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. You can do that calling or text at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're gonna go right to Paul here in Saskatoon who's joining us here, and I grab the right grab the right mouse here. Can make this work. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing today? Oh, good morning, you guys. Uh, oh yeah, the feeders are just going crazy here. So what kind of birds do you have at your feeder? Uh, chickadees. Um, got the wax wings are in now. Um, they came. The army of wax wings came in. Um, and uh, red-headed woodpeckers. Oh, okay, good. They're going on the suet. I mean, yep, suet. Yep. And uh, and another thing that uh, they they just love is peanut butter. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they just go crazy. Put peanut butter on a log and they just go crazy. Yeah, but the protein and, and the oils and the peanut butter, I mean, that's anything to keep them warm. Is, is, is that's, a, that's a good one. I know yeah, we used to do that with our kids is we used to take pine cones and attach them to a pipe cleaner or something, put peanut butter and then um, put seed all around them and then hang them in the trees with the kids. So that was always fun. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I called about um, um, that alfalfa. Yes. And uh, I got to tell you, this was the first year I've ever used it. And I, I got to tell you, Rick, thank you so much for that hint. Boy, oh boy, sure made a, a big uh, difference in my garden. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it's a great one. It's um, just, yeah, people don't realize all the different micronutrients that are in that are in alfalfa pellets. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh my goodness, you know, um, I'm getting ready to, you know, I I, uh, I start my peppers. Yes. In the house, uh, beginning of uh, February. And uh, I'm just wondering, when can I start feeding them um, the alfalfa tea? Yeah, like you can I, start. It's, it's basically just as soon as you you know that they cut, they've come out of the ground and they're forming roots because you don't have a very high nitrogen in alfalfa pellets, right? So no. you can start doing the tea fairly soon. And uh, as soon as you as soon as those plants are out of the ground and they've started making their second set of leaves. Uh, you can start using the, the alfalfa sprouts. Now, you gotta remember one thing about peppers is that, I mean, you can start them at any time, really, but if you're thinking about all you wanna do is get them out into the garden, usually about eight weeks before, I always say the last frost. So let's say here in Saskatoon or Saskatchewan, you're probably looking, averages around the May long weekend, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Somewhere around there, May, you know, between May 15th and May 20th. And so take eight weeks pa- back from then, and that's when you should start seeding your, your peppers. And yeah, some I of the more special varieties. I built varieties. a greenhouse uh, about 10 years ago. Yep. It's 10 by 17. Oh, yeah, okay. And I, uh, I, I, I grow about 120 pepper plants. In there. <laughs> oh, wow. Good job. <laughs> oh, the canning, the salsa, the sauces, it's unbelievable, plus the fresh, right? Yeah. Well, you have an advantage having a greenhouse where, you know, then, then you can start them a lot earlier and you can even start actually, if you're lucky, get, be the bee out there, you can actually start producing peppers out in your greenhouse. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's, I know. That's it, great. It was a, a great investment. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but, you know, uh, I, I enjoy it very much. Oh, it's 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 so re- refreshing and relaxing, especially in our winters are so long here to be able to, to extend the season, especially when you've got a little greenhouse, like you said. Uh, but yeah, no, you can start doing alfalfa tea uh, basically, basically as soon as you get the second set of leaves growing on on there, you can start feeding them. That is not a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, by the time I'm putting them outside, they're already putting peppers out so, <laughs> on, on the plants. I, I, I pull them off only because they're going to fall off anyway once you bring them outside. Yeah, so. the, the transplant shock will just, yeah, it's better for them not to have them as well. Like, you're right. And yep. so, but, uh, but yeah, it, that's a great way. And, uh, and do you grow in, how long into the fall do you keep growing your, your, your tomatoes and those kind of things in the greenhouse? Um, I, my tomatoes are all outside. Um, I do that outside. Okay. It's just peppers in, inside just the peppers greenhouse. Peppers inside. Well, that's great. Yeah, and I take that. I even put a little heater out there for those for those uh, hot peppers, the habaneros and the uh, Scotch bonnets. Well, I'll go right to October. Yeah, and those ones, those ones probably you're looking at, especially the hot peppers. Yep. You probably notice you're almost instead of instead of uh, eight weeks, you're almost ten weeks for the hot peppers, right? So, yes. yep. so the earlier you start with those ones, the better. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, Thank Happy you New so Year, much Paul. For the hints, you guys, like this is uh, you're an, unval- an invaluable resource. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Bye. 
We're going to go right to Dave here as well in Saskatoon. Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, good morning, and uh, I hope you've had a nice holiday so far. Yes, it's been great. The grandchildren were all over, and uh, and it was just awesome to have the family together, and uh, uh, it's it's just a great time of the year. So you have a question about an apple tree. Uh, yes, I have. It's uh, it's uh, a honey crisp, but yes. it's only about three years old. But all the leaves are still on it. Now they're of course uh, frozen by now. But I'm wondering if that's going to be a problem in the spring. It, or it, will they probably drop off. It could be a problem. The 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 what what you want to do is you make sure that once you start getting around September long weekend. You slow down the watering, you know, make sure that you, and if you find you got a, a more moist spot, is that even aerating the soil to help dry it out a little bit, to get the plant to, to be able to, um, to be able to stress it a bit, to be able to drop its leaves. But apple trees, just like birches, sometimes they'll hang on to leaves. Mountain ashes will do the same thing. They'll hang on to the leaves. And it's not a big problem, um, but, uh, but sometimes you'll get some tip kill on them. Uh, but it won't hurt the whole tree. I've never seen a, a whole tree being harmed by that. That, but uh, but sometimes you'll get just some some tip die out, and you might get some odd branch here and there. But you'll notice they won't leaf off out in the spring, and then you can just trim them off right away. Um, okay. But otherwise, yeah, you shouldn't have a problem. Like I didn't have apples on it this year, mind you. I think a lot of the blossoms blew off early in the spring. Yeah, there's a lot of people had problem with that uh, with the cold weather we had in the spring. And, uh, and so they didn't get a very good food production. And then, uh, and then especially if you didn't have the irrigation, uh, with the dry weather, they just didn't produce that well as well. So, uh, but, um, next, next spring, just make sure that if you want to, um, uh, early in the spring, give it a, sh- a sh- one shot of fertilizer, and it could be something with a little bit of phosphorus in it. It's the second num- the second number, and only once in the spring, and that's it. And then just leave it for the rest of the year. Because if you give it too much nitrogen, apple trees won't, and fruit trees in general don't produce as much if you give them too much nitrogen. So oh. um, so to make sure just give them one shot of fertilizer with maybe something like a fifteen thirty fifteen, and uh, once in the spring, and then that's all you need to do for the whole year. Okay, thank you, and. Uh, I had to put in new cedars in the front of the uh, front yard. Yep. They're only about three, well, two and a half footers. Yes. There's about six inches uh, peeking up through the snow. I'm just wondering, uh, should I cover those right over with snow? or? Yeah. I, I put leaves at the base of them before yep. the snow hits. So. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that now. The time I like to worry about that is at the end of February and during the month of March and the first week of April. Okay, that's when the sun is getting up and warmer, and then that's when you get the reflection off the snow, and then you get the burning. In this time of the year, um, you don't have that problem. So if there's not snow covering right now, I wouldn't worry about it, but worry about it more at the end of February, or if we get a Chinook coming through where it goes you know, to zero or something like that, then you want to make sure you get some snow covering up. Uh, so, And if you don't have enough, as much snow in February, then just take some burlap and just put it around the plants, especially if you're facing south up against the house. I don't know which way the, your house is, the tree house is facing. It's facing west. It's facing west. So you can get some of the evening suns, you know, when, when it's coming up, uh, when you get into in the end of March. So if you have no snow left, just take some burlap and just put it around the tree just to keep the sun off. You're not trying to keep them warm. You're just trying to keep the sun off of them. That's all. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I, I've got burlap ready to go. So Perfect. Good. Thank you very much. Have and, a happy uh, new year. Have a happy new year. You too. 
Well, there you go. There's uh, give us a call here at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And just like Dave here, there's all kinds of questions for you know that you may be seeing around your yard and uh, uh, and that we can help you out with. Yeah. So one thing we can do here is um, um, one thing we can do here is we can check what's going on and uh, and with your garden and give us a call at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're going to go to a break right now and you can give us a call at that number after the break. I'm Rick Van Dominic and Jill Van Dominic on six fifty CQM and nine eighty CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. Uh, you're listening to Rick Van Davenek and Jill Van Davenek. We're going to answer all your gardening questions or houseplant questions, or maybe you're thinking about starting when to start some seeds and uh, and plants. Um, but also what's happening, Jill, tell us a little bit about what the University of Saskatchewan is doing here. I heard a caller just just the last caller said that they love listening to the show because the information's invaluable and there's ways that we can get education into your hands too and the U of S at gardening.usask.ca so gardening.usask.ca you can go to their website and they've got a few ways that you can learn now we just finished Christmas but maybe somebody's got a birthday gift coming up or something like that this is a way you can give a gift of education if you want to to somebody as well too so um you can do them in a number of different ways. Throughout the month of January and February, they have lots of live webinars. And these are one to two hour classes that are live webinars with an instructor and on so many different topics. I'll touch on a few of them there. But they also has have some learn-as-you-go classes. And some of the learn-as-you-go classes, they're more in-depth. Um, and some of them, you can work towards your gardening uh, master gardener's credits um, for them. But they're about three to 18 hours long. Uh, very good, very, um, like... So 18 hours, that means that multiple days then? Yes, yes. they're learn as you go. So you, you go. would just take those modules and you would learn as you go. You would They're a combination of modules that you can watch, answer questions to, and also listen to instruction. instruction. Um, there's the Master Gardener Certification. Um, there's one on Garden Fundamentals. Um, botanical and Latin. So figuring out why do they name plants the way they name them and how, why do they call it, uh, why do they call a potentilla sinkofoil? A sinkofoil <laughs> or, uh, hemorrhocalis a daylily. Um, so yeah. just different things like that. Um, plant diagnostics. So if you want to be, know about plant diseases and also some funguses, you can go into plant diagnostics. Um, insects in your yard and garden, and this is changing so much as chemicals and pesticides are unavailable. So figuring out, okay, what pests are good, what pests are bad, and how can I combat them in my in my garden and keep them at bay so that my plants are thriving. And we talk about that all the time, whether attracting birds to your yard or using beneficial insects. We talk about nematodes all the time. And here's one way that you can talk about how to be able to not use chemicals, but be able to, you know, be be uh, be on top of what type of scouting and different things in your yard to watch for different insects. Exactly. Now, how many times do people come in with a picture of their plant or a oh, sample lots. and they say, so many times. Rick, what, what is this? So they yeah. have a great one on tree and shrub identification. So maybe you, you purchased a new yard um, and maybe it's in an older neighborhood and you want to know, okay, what's in my yard and how to identify them? Um, common plant diseases. So maybe you see black knot, maybe you see um, some different types of rust on your plant. So they have a whole course on common plant diseases. Um, safe use of pesticides. So maybe you want to learn how to apply your own pesticides. Um, so there's a whole class on that. Um, so there's, there's really like, oh, I, I'm awesome. impressed on how many courses there is on here, um, how you can get certified. And then the public webinars and workshops, I'll go over a few of those too. There's, 
Um, these are, again, are two-hour classes. They're only $20 for the class, so it's very affordable. Um, compost tips, um, planting your vegetable garden, and I think um, definitely f- food security is a it's, big topic It's right all now. online, so it's safe to do that. You know, you can do it in the comfort of your home. Don't have to go outside where it's cold outside. You can just take these classes yeah, right so online. They start as soon as January 3rd, so it's coming up pretty soon. So you'll want to make sure you go online and register. They do say that if you register and the classes fill, they'll try and put a second date up for the classes. So they are only taking a certain amount of re- registration applicants for each class, but when they do fill, they're going to try and add another class Great. on too. So... Um, so many different ones. Houseplants 101. Uh, as houseplants become oh, more and more popular. They're so popular right now. They are so popular right now. But I think what's happening is uh, we have got so many houseplants in our, in our house during the pandemic. And now people are getting tired. And some plants maybe aren't looking as fresh as they did when they first got them. And people are getting a little nervous and weary on what their houseplants are. So taking a houseplant 101 course help you learn how to keep those plants looking fresh, looking thriving, how to prune them, um, how to care for them, how to fertilize them, all of those things so that you can keep this hobby going and you're not going to tire of it. Yeah. Um, so, so many different things. Rural design. So maybe you have a new acreage and you want to know how to how to design your backyard. Um, oh my goodness, so many different ones here. And one thing that's important too, as well as you know, U of S, there's, there's lots of local horticulture societies. They put on little classes as well throughout the wintertime as well to get ready. And so you can check those out. Every little town and city has a horticulture society. So check them out and support them. And they, have, they even have little Facebook uh, spots that you can check out. And they always have little information coming about uh, different plants and different things going on. And uh, so it's a great way to be a part of the horticulture society, right. even by jo- just joining their Facebook sites. And you can dive into and become a specialist, not even just horticulture society, but maybe you want to be a part of the orchid society or the lily society there's so many different ways that you can get involved in your plant and become a hobbyist um, in your gardening yeah absolutely well Jill, we're going to go to a couple texts we have on on the line here so here we have lynn from saskatoon we just bought a new house and we want to take our five foot cherry tree with us What's the best time to move it? Well, Lynn, the best time to move a cherry tree is just as soon as the frost is out of the ground, especially one that size, okay? And uh, so try to get as much root as you can. A five-foot tree, if it goes bare root, it's not going to be a problem as long as you take it out you know, around April 15th, around there, and that April 20th, before it even starts budding. If you have the best success uh, before it starts budding. So uh, different parts of the province uh, here in Saskatoon probably is going to be around the April 15th, April 20th, where you can start uh, digging it out. And down south, it might be even earlier. If you're down, you know, in the southern part of the province, you might be looking, you know, around the 10th of April that you want to move a tree or something like that. And uh, and so and as you go further north, it might be a little bit later. It all depends. As soon as the frost is out of the ground, you can actually dig it and move it and then water it in um, when you're going to do that. So it's uh, that's not a problem. A five-foot uh, cherry tree is, is easy to move. And just take as much root as you can. The more root you can take, the better the plant will do. And... Um, and there's a great product called Mike that you can use, and it's yep. a mycorrhizome, and it will actually, uh, it's like a bacteria that will attach to the roots of that plant, and it, it increases the surface area on those roots, almost like little warts everywhere. Yep. And it will allow the plant to take up more water and more nutrients and just help it thrive so, so much better. So when you're transplanting um, that um, 
tree. And if you can't find the mic, then you can also use a product called Root Booster. Yes. And that's a good one too because it has little acids in it, which helps the roots get started and get growing. All oh, those little, those little fiber roots, that's what it makes it force out to get started growing again. And uh, so, or you can use them both as well and use together. Them both in combination. And so, and for both sure. in combination. So also have here another text here. Uh, it's Marianne from Prince Albert. I bought a begonia last fall and it seems to be doing well in my house. Will I be able to use it in my flower pots outside in the spring? What do I need to do to make sure it thrives? Well, if it's doing well in your house, you're doing everything right and providing with the great conditions. So there's a few things that you can do. Begonias are usually either a bulb, a tuberous bulb, or they're uh, they're fibrous. So usually they're done from a seed. So there's a number of ways. Sometimes we'll let them die back down. Now, if it's thriving in your house, you can keep keep it thriving but if it's starting to get lanky you can trim it back a little bit and that will definitely help it bush out a little bit more and you can take cuttings from it too so what's so, that fertilizer um with a fertilizer i would use a 2020 fertilizer but i would wait until about end of february march um, for that fertilizer or a 1530 15 fertilizer later on the season to keep that plant blooming a little bit more for you so let's say she wants to start more begonias begonia bulbs are available usually around the beginning of march end of march right so yeah, you start seeing them in March and uh, so you want to pick up your begonia bulbs and put them in the soil just so that they're sticking out of the top of the soil, um, water them in and you want to get your begonia bulbs in early because they do take quite a while to get started. Well, you know what? This show has gone by so quick. Uh, you know, Jill, uh, I want to make sure everybody have a happy new year, everybody, and join us next week. Uh, next week, we're going to be on. It'll be, uh, what is it, January the 2nd, I guess it is, right? January so we'll 2nd. be live here on January the 2nd. So you've got some questions, you can give us a call then. You're listening to Jill and Rick Van Evendijk on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME.